is still inspiring women today, and that's absolutely vital. If she was alive today, she'd probably be, you know, an intellectual, uh, international equal rights campaigner. Hello! Oh my God! Road trip! Road trip! Road trip! Oh my God! Safety first! Safety first! Safety. Belts yes, on. belts on, and away we go. Welcome to the Sea Word, the Conservatives podcast. Today we're talking about exhibition openings, and we have a special road trip. I'm Jen Mathiason, an objects conservator based in South Yorkshire, and I'm Chloe Ramsey, an objects conservator based in Greater Manchester. Please help me, I'm trapped in a room, let me out. <laughs> so I uh, 
memories of the museum before it closed because uh, I'm from um, Colchester which is only a couple of hours drive from Cambridge and we were always taken there as kids because cheaper to go there than the Natural History Museum and I really, my sister and I really liked Natural History Museums um, and big dead animals basically. Um, so I think I first remember going there when I was about 10 or younger uh, and then we went a couple of times after that uh, in the intervening years um, so I have very fond memories of the ground slope and um, all of the, the hung up skeletons and all of that obviously before my consolation days um, so I just have this fond memory of loads of dead animals in cases all over the place <laughs> I don't really remember the mollusks to be honest they don't really stick in my head but um, each to their own. Yeah, I things that I remember from the decant is upside down blowfish. Yes. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> which is where I learned about upside down blowfish, which is an amazing fact. And then I remember all those little snail shells that looked just like sweets because yes. they were so oh. bright and colourful. They looked beautiful, uh, and I absolutely adored them because they just nature is so beautiful. And then, of course, you went down to the spirit store and it was like, nature is gross, this is amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, the entire spectrum. I still, I still have my favourite picture from there, which was, um, I, I want to say a bear fetus or something. Oh. And it was the most perfect creature I've ever seen suspended in liquid. Oh. It was the most perfect, beautiful and peaceful thing. And my favourite bits were the um, any of the jars that said Darwin. Oh, them. yeah. Oh, that because was that just gave me little chills. That was immense. Uh, there's a beautiful, I think, a barn owl or some kind of beautiful tiny owl. Yeah. Um, that was in it. I'm just changing legs. Um, <laughs> that was in um, quite a little jar, um, and all of the Darwin jars were of the same kind of style. I think I remember. Um, I'll see if I can dig out the photo. Yeah, I was like, that can't be happening. No. So it's worse apparently than it was before. 
I've seen the pictures and it's it's, it's like it's a heartbreak. Complete, it's completely gutted. It's amazing. It's yeah. just astonishing. So they they think um, that it'll cost about it could cost up to hundred million pounds to to redo again. Um, thankfully, there's a lot of support. Um, everyone's obviously very emotionally invested in this after last time as well. So yeah. There should be a lot of support for it, but for the people who've been involved in renovating it after last time, this must be heartbreaking. Heartbreaking yeah. is such a blur. Um, yeah, this is so sad. I'm going to have it twice. I know, it's... Cheerier news, maybe? Cheerier news, yes. So we've got some cheery news as well. Obviously, I've been the daughter of two artists. 
I've been to private views before. Oh, yeah, but it's in art ones. Yeah. Um, no, I think a couple of art ones because I know a couple of art ones. Yeah. But, yeah. But I think it's very, very different to go to one where you can see your objects on yeah. display and see, kind of know what it took to get it up there. Yeah. So yeah, that's my main my main memory of that. And I think we were all museum people as well, so yeah. we were really well behaved. Actually, this, there was no kind really of really well behaved. Well, this this is probably the precursor to a small moan. Okay, uh, go for it. Go for it. So I suppose it's about the nature of an event in an exhibition space, um, particularly private views or opening events, uh-huh. because that's the topic of the day. Yeah. I think, and this is, this is mainly in my mind because I've recently been to um, an opening event, and there are a lot of objects on display, open display, and I was one of the people responsible for a lot of them. Um, and obviously, when you put an object on open display, you have to essentially do the juggle of there's probably no case for it, or the artist or owner wants it on open display, or the curator wants it on open display, and you've been in communications with, okay, so there's no case, but there is a barrier, and we have these signs, and it is invigilated, and there's these cameras, and it's, you know, firmly attached, stolen blah 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 and you go through all this conversation and you kind of you imagine visitors in a space and you think all right that's fine I don't think that that's in any danger and then you go to an opening event and if it's a big and popular opening event there are like 200 more people than you imagined in the space because everyone is going into the space and they're all excited yeah so that numbers of quantities of people, numbers of people, and the, the, the difference between behaviours of just a casual visitor and people at an event, I suppose. Oh yeah. Okay. So there was a there was a point where um, there were so many people in the space, and I was just I couldn't have a glass of wine because I was helping. Obviously, I wouldn't be drinking wine in the space anyway. But I was working. Let's put it like that. Uh huh. But I was also trying to enjoy the event. Yeah. I could not concentrate. I was there with my partner because he visited as well. Um, I couldn't concentrate on talking to him about the exhibition because I was too busy staring at all the people to make sure they didn't touch things. Uh. And I got so stressed out. I told someone, please don't use a flash camera on one of the objects in particular. And then my um, my manager came up to me and said, I think we should just go and stand outside because we're both quite stressed. Oh, <laughs> that's a good impression, though. I know. I know. It's basically saying, all right, the objects are safe. Yeah. We are only anxious. There's there's nothing that can be nothing that can be achieved by standing in the space and telling people off to take photos or like. Things are being touched, like lone objects, yeah, or a lone objects in particular, being being touched or having a photo taken with a woman. 
um, and she's touching it. But what do you, obviously you can tell a person not to touch an object. Yeah. What if it was a bust of that woman who was touching it? You can't tell that woman <laughs> not to touch herself. Not to touch <laughs> the object. So oh, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, I suppose it depends on um, who the who the guests are because obviously there's a lot of VIP type guests as well. Yeah. Um, and. If you're like a stressed out conservator who's walking around shaking slightly, you how how do you know who you're who you're telling people not to touch? How do you know who these people are? But why does it matter? Like if someone's putting wine on, on like a wine glass dangerously near an object and open display, I would tell the queen not to do it. <laughs> Truth. I I don't back down. No, that's that's a really really good point, and I think you're definitely right. But. Well, there was no wine in the space, so I think like if there was obvious danger to the object, then it's a much simpler call. Like, please don't pull on the object. That's a really simple thing to say. Yeah. Um, but when it's like more nuanced things, so we know that things in museums get touched. So I think, it, and this is this is definitely going to be an episode next season on um, touch and on touch in museums. We hope. Um, but I think to, to, as a sort of precursor to that, it's, it's good to recognise that um, obviously there are scales of damage and we know that if, if a couple of people touch an object, it's going to be alright. Unless they've got like jam on their hands or food colouring or something that you can't get out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so an individual touching an object, it's okay to kind of hold it in <laughs> don't tell them off kind of thing and for an evening of every so often someone you know getting too close to an object that's alright it's when it becomes like a, a constant thing yeah. um, and damage is being caused because for example like for three months people are touching something every day yeah so I mean I suppose these are all risk assessments aren't they yeah, because exactly. it's yeah. like um, I was asked is it okay to Uh, no, the learning space. The learning is for the learning space, kind of thing. 
yeah, that sounds dreadful. Messy learning is for the learning space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's put it like that. Um, and I have in the past said no to things like, no, you can't have dry ice in here or bubble machines or popcorn. Like, yeah, with well, all sorts of things. And this actually comes into an interesting, uh, an interesting set of topics for um, events in general and how to, um, I suppose, vet the event that you're doing. Yeah. Is it going to be okay in a space? How close to the space can it be? Are you are you considering that people could get covered in paint and then walk into an object space, into a gallery space where they could touch things and get paint on the face? Yeah. Dragon, do you think it's it's okay to be? I find that difficult to establish it, mostly because I'm quite a relaxed person, so <laughs> I'm probably more likely to say yes to things. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm more likely to go, yeah, that's fine. And also, I know this sounds bad, but they've got me in case things go wrong. You know, it's like, yes. if things go wrong, I can most likely handle it. So I kind of feel like, but I'm part of the safety nets. And it's not going to go wrong because we've got sensible people in charge and we're not leaving people unsupervised with, you know, like spray guns and paint. It's not Splatoon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I think I, yeah, I agree with you definitely. And I think I, I find it easier to take that uh, attitude when it's about object use for, sort of specific object use for learning events or for like research or things like that so I think probably I'm just a bit I'm just a bit uh, I need to work on my understanding of but hey, here's, what, what can be done here's an interesting point because I just thought I just discovered something about myself there <laughs> and that's that I think I'm comfortable with that level of saying yes because I trust those colleagues right that's where I might be more mistrustful if uh, the request came in that hey some some uh, like a community group just wants some objects from the collection to just sit around with the project. I'm probably much more like likely to say no when I feel like it's un- like unfacilitated or it's yeah. like unsupervised or I feel like we're not controlling the conditions. As for something's happening in the museum with people, I can tell I'm not comfortable with this level of intervention. I feel like I can have that dialogue. As for, I suppose, if if it might be more of an external request, maybe I'll be more hesitant because I don't know them and I don't yeah. necessarily know how they're going to treat stuff or, or I can't have a conversation with them because we don't have a relationship. Because um, there's something to be said about having a relationship with your colleagues. Definitely. Um, versus a complete stranger asking you for some stuff and then you going... Uh, yeah, just make sure you don't break it. <laughs> yeah, because the same level of trust isn't there, or it's not. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I definitely see that. And I think when I think about it, my all of my examples that I can bring to mind um, have been from a previous place of work where there wasn't a designated event space that didn't have objects in it, and the events would be more sort of less communicated with conservation. So, for example, um, one uh, one situation in particular is I found out that um, an entrance space with loads of open display objects was being used for Christmas parties, um, and 
obviously this is part of the income generation for the museum. Times are hard, needs must, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah and everything. Um, but I was I was cleaning that space particularly. Uh, this was years ago, so I mean, yeah. people who know my my employment history might be able to work out who I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, scandal. Um, and I found like broken wine glasses and stuff oh, in object spaces. Oh god. Yeah. Um, and while realistically it's probably just that, you know, someone was cleaning and they accidentally they accidentally kicked it into the space and you know there was no situation of throwing a wine glass at an object. None of that. Yeah. But I think that just gave me and you know, other situations of um, finding popcorn in places and you know, sweets and all sorts of things that shouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, I think that just gives one a bit of a, a kind of negative impression, I suppose, of of allowing kind of your more uh, rowdy events or yeah. whatever, um, giving them space within museums around open display. Yeah. Obviously, display cases. As soon as you've got display cases, you're you're in you're on firmer ground because yeah. Yeah. yes, you don't want food in there because you're um, you know, going to be attracting pests and everything, and it's yeah. a mixed message to have loads of signs saying please don't use food, drink, or flash photography. Yeah, uh, yeah. in these spaces, yeah. and then you've got like volleyballs all over the place. But for obviously for an event, it's easier to clean up. Yeah. If people don't want to hear more about that, go to our food episode. Yeah. In which, in which we tackle all of these issues. <laughs> right, so back to like our kind of experiences with like our opening events. Uh-huh. Um, we've been to a few. Yeah. We've been like, to a few together. Yeah. And I cannot tell you how much I as a conservator really appreciate being included and oh, invited. Man. Yes. It's a huge deal. It is a huge e- deal. Even if I can't go, the fact that you've invited me is immense. Yeah. And it's such a recognition of the fact that we do hard work and that we've contributed to to the uh, the exhibition and its success. Yeah, absolutely. So, if any like collections managers or like general museum peeps who are like coordinators sort of stuff is are listening to this then you know invite conservators it's who really worked important. on it yeah. it's a huge deal it's really important because then you've got you know exhibitions are really hard and I can't imagine how tired everyone who we're going to be seeing today everyone who's putting the, exi- the, the gallery together yeah I can't imagine how tired they are they've been working flat out on this project for five years yeah and their work is being recognised by invites to these exhibitions. Yeah. To, to the to this opening, it's really it's really good. Um, I mean, I suppose this is the first because I'm not really been to a museum opening before. Well, I haven't. No. Exhibition openings. So I guess in terms of opening events, they can be either kind of quiet and quite exclusive. Yeah. Or they can go all the way to really gimmicky. I think. I guess. Yeah. 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 But. But then I don't know how typical that is because I feel like when I've yeah I feel like when I've been to really gimmicky ones they're ones where it's a really small museum and they feel like they can't bring people in unless there's like a big event oh, around it yeah so they're kind of launch at the 
exhibition it gets baked into like a big almost not like circus like but it's very like very entertainment heavy event yes. that will draw people in and then you can also funnel them up to the gallery going okay oh, oh, we see. have this exhibition and, it, oh. and it's all themed together I've seen this a couple of times now and it's all themed together so it's like it's a Victorian exhibition and yeah. like, the event is Victorian and everyone's dressed up and stuff. Oh, amazing. so I mean yeah, I think it's a really fun idea and obviously it's much more family friendly and if that's the way that you want to go then totally do that so I've seen some quite gimmicky ones where it's like hey we're going to have some performers and we're going to have people in costume and the staff is going to dress up and you know like that sort of thing which is it, it can be really really fun and it's very immersive which, which can be can be yeah. really nice thing uh, and then on the other side of the spectrum we've got the kind of more like artsy kind of openings where it's like ooh a wine or we like put on your posh jacket and your yeah heels, like exactly like about with a glass of wine yeah, yeah. exactly yeah trot about with a glass of wine that's so correct <laughs> and might your be, big statement necklace yeah and there might be like uh, some canapes or something ooh, definitely yes. something I can't pronounce you know yeah. like oh let's have one of these things that looks intriguing it's like one of those that's on a stick yeah <laughs> So I feel like there's a whole spectrum there, and I've, I've, I've been to a, a broad range. <laughs> yeah. I think the main gimmicks, I've not ever been to one that has been gimmicky gimmicky, but yeah. I've heard of ones that have had sort of, ex, sort of particular famous people to open them. Oh yeah. Um, which is really, really nice if it's like a... Um, if it's a particular theme and they're particularly yeah. related to that theme or they support the theme, yeah. for example. Like I was, yeah, because I was thinking, um, I wasn't invited to this one, but it was where I was near, near where I live and work, which was Egyptology themed. And they had yeah. like a famous academic who was like on TV a lot, oh. like do their opening and probably do a little bit of a talk and stuff. Yeah. Like in addition to like it being the opening event. That's a fun way to go. If you can, yeah, rub, yeah. If you can rub someone in who's like a big name, then obviously that will be more, even more of a selling point for people to go. But I guess it depends on who do you want at an opening event. So who is your audience? Do you want people who worked on it? Yes, you do. Yes. Uh, do you want people to schmooze for? Is this for the VIPs? Is this for oh, general? Yes. Is this for general public? Is it for select members? Is it for people who donated objects for it? who created some of the art for it. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'd love to hear from people like who they invite for these sorts of events, like how they select the kind of pool of guests, because that would be really intriguing. That's a thing though, isn't it? Like, how many speeches do people have? Are speeches mandatory? I think speeches probably are mandatory. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I imagine there are speeches. Uh-huh. in many ways because it was really complicated so there we 
artists, if it's like more of an arty one where yeah. they've done a major bit of the contribution or whatever, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, see directors do them. Oh! Um, that might be it. Nearing Kettering. We are in Cambridge here, we have just passed the sign. Woohoo! Trying not to speed. <laughs> the sky is completely blue. It is sunny. We've just passed a sign that says RAF Wittering. It's also hot. <laughs> it is hot, though I've got the aircon on. Yeah. But like, you, it's you can kind of see around you, there's, like, there's a beautiful day. It is boiling. It is hot outside, yeah. Woof. Driving past another sign that's for uh, Burley House. Mm, Anyone yeah. been there? Is it nice? It's a very nice sign. If you work there, shout out. Yeah. That'd be a massive loop from now. We found Christina. We found Christina. Yes. yes. First time all three of us are together for possibly the first time ever. No, not first ever. Time, not ever, but the first time since we did the C word. Yes. yes. The C word has yes. been in, done entirely rightly. This might be a strange concept to people, but we don't actually sit in the same room, which is why, you know, audio quality and all that stuff, right? So, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. So here we are, though. Yes, nice. you, you, yeah. you've hunted me down and yes. sought me out and yes. tracked me to my lair. And <laughs> <laughs> so where are we? Where are we standing right now? So we are in the Museum of Archaeology and Anthropology in Cambridge, which is one of the eight University of Cambridge museums. We are on the second floor uh, behind a secret door just off the main gallery. Where nobody gets to go. Yes, yeah. which uh, houses the sort of anthropology stuff and upstairs conservation and an impressive amount of books right now yeah there's loads of books on our right hand side there's an amazing that's a good library books. i'm having a such library envy i'm um, like oh, i want to read all of these also unaccountably a packet of little lucky pig pasta, pasta. shapes yeah <laughs> don't know who that belongs to uh, do you want to go upstairs yes oh come upstairs oh what's in that room uh, oh, that's our workroom. Yes, I'm sure it's wonder if you know. And we know we've never been in this room before. <laughs> uh, I should say we're here because I work here. Hello. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi, this is Karen, who's Hi. a conservator in private practice, who is working on one of the objects that's going to go to the Royal Academy for an exhibition that opens in September. Fabulous. Karen, this is Jenny and Chloe. Would you mind telling them? A bit briefly about what you're <laughs> what you're doing. I know you didn't kind of. Wow, what what am I looking at? It looks like a figure of a man. Um, it's a vampire, and it's from Vanuatu, and it's a mortuary statue. Oh so this my. is slightly larger than life, but it represents a man in life. Oh my! And it has his human. So it's fashioned after him to represent him, and it has a human skull in it. Wow! So obviously, you treat it like it would human. Yeah, of course. Um, so oh, he's very handsome. He's on a wooden wooden frame, and a wooden core frame, and then he's covered with a clay-like paste, which they paint. Oh, that's astonishing! That's so um, it looks like tattooed skin, sort of, you know, like the, the way the painting. Yeah. yeah. So um, he has plant fibre for hair, covered in spider's web. Wow. Um, he has a palm fibre or banana leaf nambas, which is the belt around the waist, and he has a hairband there. Um, there's hair there. Basketry work there. He's gone as 
amazing amount of bangles as yeah, well. And they're very heavy. Um, these are tortoise shell, these cuffs here. Oh, wow. I mean, it is quite an incredible object. Yeah. Is it? I think there's only one of these <laughs> yeah. in the UK, so it's in this collection, wow, and then there are a few throughout oh Europe. Um, so I've been brought in to do the conservation because the Royal Academy exhibition in September. Um, so at the moment, I'm stabilising all the cracks that have occurred. Not necessarily these ones, because we think these are from um, when it was brought over or from use in its, mm -hmm. yeah. its biography. Yeah. But I'm stabilising all the cracks, and I've done that hand. And you can see the Japanese paper yeah. is where I've put it all back together again. Um, and then I'm infilling, so I'm working. I've done the two hands, I've done the top of this arm. And I'm just working up to his body now. Wow, astonishing. So, yeah, so this will take six weeks to do. Wow. So, yeah. I hope you enjoy it because that looks terrific. Um, I am enjoying it so far. As you can see, the arm has had, you know, become detached. I was going to say it's had a bit of an accident. So, the idea is that that will be reattached. Okay. Using magnets, etc. Oh, oh, brilliant. I was going to ask how you're going to do that. That's amazing. <laughs> um, there's a new material that we use. I use it, I work, I work freelance, I work independent. Yeah. Um, so I've been working at the National Museum of Ireland and we're using something called Varaform, which you're using here, which has a different name. Um, and it's a thermoplastic, so it's coated stone plastic and you heat it, you can either heat it in boiling water or um, by hairdry, and they're the magnets. Oh my! So the idea is to shape this and then that is amazing. hold it on with magnets. Right. And the magnets have very, very, got very strong pull. Wow. Um, so that then, the, then it can be painted over, infilled, <gasps> and that's a detach again. Astonishing. So Love really. it. So. Wow. I learned something new. That's amazing. You're Thanks very, very much. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for talking Thanks, to Karen. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, bye. Right, shall we go upstairs? Yes. yes. After you. This is the conservation lab. Hi. And Hello. This is Kirsty. Hello. Hi. Uh, who is the UCM Organics Conservator. So, mm. what have you got going on in here? It's a bit of random mix at the moment. Um, so, my conservation student, Dipika Madkani, he finishes last week, oh. has just finished working on oh. a Gambi head um, that's described on the database as a mask, but we actually think it's a Macyonet head. Amazing. Oh. So, so it's like a, a carved gold face and then horns sticking up from yeah. it. It's amazing. Yeah. And we, yeah. we think that the actual cranium um, of the deer is oh. underneath as well. That will make sense. Oh, amazing. So, I mean, so if, you have an, if you have an actual anchoring point, you would just yeah. use that, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Um, so that's what Dipika's doing. Um, amazing. My desk is actually pretty clear at the moment. I was going to say, usually, your workspace is a lot tidier than mine. She does have a tiny tag on there. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, so I've just finished working on the Star Car um, exhibition, which is Lovely. the uh, major exhibition for MAA at the moment. Exciting. Um, and I'm about to start working on some West African material that's going into another case. Mm -hmm. So you've caught me between projects. Christina, what are you doing? I'm working on all the other stuff that Gary's not doing for the uh, loan to the Royal Academy. Ah, so, of course. Uh, several dozen objects Wow. Uh, by September. Ah, so, Going to keep you busy. Uh, and also finishing off another loan that's going to the National Maritime Museum for what looks like an absolutely awesome exhibition on the history of British tattoos. <gasps> that and sounds immense. As part of that, they are borrowing... 
I think seven or eight tattooing chisels mm-hmm. from uh, Polynesia oh, wow. from us. Wow. And also a tattooing mallet and some tattooing resin in a bowl of um, so the things that would have been used to make the kind oh, of traditional amazing. tattoos you see. Amazing. And is that the bowl with the with the, the tattoo resin residue? Mm, yes. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. But also so a lump cool. of red resin and a lump of black resin as well. And I have to say the chisels are some of the most terrifying things I've ever seen mm. <laughs> because the thought of actually having these used to make tattoos on squish things is slightly is that one on the table now? That's one on the table because oh that's vicious. It does look vicious. Yeah, so the the needles are probably um, an inch and a half. Yeah. Uh, like multiple needles at one time. And then to go with it, we have this kind of wooden spoon thing, which is the mallet. Uh, which oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, I was thinking of something much worse when you said mallet. I thought you were thinking to be like honest, a if you've got mallet. some kind of sharpened shark's teeth, which some of them are made of, oh, or nails, or. What else have I seen? Yeah, bits of bone and shell and so on, basically on the end of the piece of mm-hmm. cane. It's going to hurt sharp. regardless. Yeah, it's going to hurt whether it, yeah. it's been hit with a wooden spoon yeah, or a yeah, massive yeah. kind of comedy mallet. Yeah. <laughs> so the, pa- uh, the, the mallet looks um, like a miniature paddle. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's like a very... Description yeah. Wooden spoon. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's somewhere between paddle and a very flat wooden spoon. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, some of these things are really, really sharp. I mean, I've been quite careful while... Um, assessing them and wow. treating them as well so I don't think it would need a lot of force yeah. to break the skin yeah. also you're not trying to drive them right in no oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you're just trying to get the ink just under the skin so I actually you know a few gentle taps <laughs> but anyway they have slightly made me <laughs> cringe a bit I a bit while working yeah on, so doesn't seem like tattooing was a faint of heart really no. no, but I mean, you know, modern tattoo parlour, modern equipment, sterile needles and stuff is a bit yeah. different. I think. Yeah, sounds like an amazing I think it would be quite brave. Yeah, yeah. So that's at the National Maritime Museum in August. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Excellent. And then um, the other stuff I'm working on is for the Oceania exhibition at the Royal Academy, which opens nice. in mid September. Brilliant. Very nice. Um, mm. It's a good summer and autumn for exhibitions then. Yeah. It is. Yes. Yeah. Sweet. Excellent. Well, thank you both very much. Thank you very much, Yeah, and have a fabulous evening. So it's quite similar, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's not... I mean, it is different, but it's not massively different. But it's... I like that they've kept it... The, the sort of... Because the, the building is protected, isn't it? I like that they've kept it... Yeah. Like, they've stayed true to it, but they... it is that this is much more like um, good light and like nice glass cases it's much more yeah. transparent and light and kind of brighter than what I remember it being so that's quite a big deal I really like there's a, there's a uh, beautiful light show on the ceiling with loads of animals yeah I'm getting around. massively distracted by that yeah. it's like it's like you're underwater and it, you're seeing you're seeing stuff from like the bottom of the ocean. So right in front of us are some large um, megafauna type skeletons. My favourite ground sloth is still there. He's, no. he's back. And I'm so happy about that. Um, and they're majestically lit as well with sort of work table style things with yeah. display cases on top 
like the little spotlights. The spotlights are really good. They're really highlighting the specimens. Um, yeah. yeah. And the shadows are great. And They've done a really good job. like wall of spirit specimens yeah. which is very now if you think about natural really history now. collections yeah. so we've listened to some speeches we've had a little bit of fizz and now we're going to go uh, go to a lecture theatre and listen to David Attenborough for a while which really is amazing yes and conservation got a mention yes it did really and not in the biodiversity sense but like in museum there sense there was a biodiversity sense as well but yeah, there was yeah. also conservation and the installation team as yes. well which I was really Volunteers, which is pleasing. Yeah. Uh, I was really pleased to hear that. Yeah. That was really good. Well done, mentions. Yeah. Oh, I suppose we better get to that lecture then. Let's get to that lecture. Where are we going? Uh, Follow someone. Who knows? Follow someone. That person looks like they know. Follow them. Jones and she is the uh, conservation mastermind is it fair to say <laughs> one of the conservation masterminds <laughs> behind like <laughs> um, behind the redo of the Museum of Zoology yeah um, and she's had a lot of support but she's been manning manning the ship from day one really haven't you yes. so it's over it how do you over. feel four and a half years later it's yeah. over um, I'm in shock, I think, that we've got to this stage um, and just so grateful everybody's appreciating it and yeah. amazed by it because they are a fabulous collection and it's a fabulous museum. It's amazing. And we did it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Describe your last week in, uh, in short in polite terms. <laughs> in polite terms. Um, Red Bull drip. Red Bull drip. That's my favourite style as well. <laughs> yes. Definitely sponsored by Red Bull, whether they know it or not. Um, the last week has just blurred into one. Like I was just saying, I don't know what day it is because we have been working frantically. But we have four other conservators here who have been working every minute of every evening to get this done. Um, we've been frantically labelling <laughs> the last minute like everybody does. Um, but, yeah, it's been a lot of fun and it's super satisfying to see it all come together. Um, yeah, it looks fabulous. It looks really, really, really good. <laughs> really, really good. Yeah, it was quite exciting to install 
well, the last object I installed anyway was at about 12 o'clock before I decided enough is enough I need to go and put a dress on. <laughs> so that giant earthworm on the wow. mezzanine um, was the last one I did and um, I'm proud of that. Yeah. Um, last minute install, but, um, you know, to see it all come together has been, yeah, amazing. Fantastic. Um, it's a long journey and yeah. you both were involved yeah. right at the beginning. Yeah. Um, which feels like forever ago right now, it but does, then at the same yeah. time, not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. But then I've never seen the museum with actual stuff in it, so I'm just impressed. No, I know, it's, it's, it's really fabulous. weird, isn't it? And yeah. It's, it's strange to see yeah, people in there because yeah. it's kind of been our empty space, space yeah. for yeah, exactly. so long yeah. to see people in there. It's amazing. Yeah. So, one more question What are you doing next week? Are you going to have a weekend? I have no idea. I have not thought beyond today. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I have not thought beyond today. I kind of feel like that's a familiar feeling for people yeah. working yeah. on major projects yeah. like this. <laughs> What's this life beyond this point? Like, nah. Um, I will somehow try and get a holiday in, but we still have lots that we want to add into the displays that we yeah. didn't have time for, which we want to do. So we've got a big back display coming, um, wow. a big um, corals that's amazing coming which we're going to do for Christmas I think oh. with the hashtag Christmas Corals love it why not um, <laughs> love it um, we've got an, uh, more reptiles to add to it there's still so much more we want to add into the displays um, I think for the rest of the year we'll, we'll just be adding it and supplementing it and, and taking it from there that sounds great yeah. congratulations for doing yeah. an amazing yeah. job and congratulations all to your amazing team thank you yeah. well you were part of it so Tiny high five. Tiny high five. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Do you know if there are Allen keys in the conservation lab? No. No, you don't know? No, there are. No, I was looking at the recording we're doing right now. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) 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 We just really added to it though. Just finished it. Don't worry about it. Someone says, are there Allen keys in the conservation (laughs) studio? There are teeny tiny Allen keys in the conservation. Yeah, In the wooden drawers, third drawer down. Thank you. On the left. Thank you very much for speaking to the sea. We're going to sleep. I mean, drink. I mean, sleep. Both. Maybe both. (laughs) Yeah. In sequence. (laughs) Just walking back to the car. Walking back to Parker's Peace in the sunshine. It is a really lovely evening. And I am knackered. I'm knackered. Yeah. I had blisters, but that's fine. I thought I chose comfy shoes that wasn't true <laughs> I don't know that uncomfortable no I think my feet just decided this was uncomfortable I feel very kind of relaxed and at one with yeah. the world that was a really extremely lovely talk by David Attenborough I am kind I of kind of blown away by how marvellous he is he's just such a lovely man that's the some fangirling now <laughs> <laughs> on the yeah, basis that, that we do quite like David Attenborough. <laughs> He's so lovely. Yeah. Was people, so what did you think of the, of the event? I feel like it was really nice to round off a kind of busy, buzzing affair, like an opening, but like a really thoughtful, not lecture, yeah. but conversational yeah. talk with an absolute legend yeah because now we're all just kind of relaxed and happy and a bit tired but we're not tired and buzzed we're just kind of oh this is good yeah yeah I agree I agree it was it was a nice kind of it was a standard opening but everyone was really excited to see David Attenborough obviously yeah Um, oh my favourite bit was the sign interpreter because it was sign interpreted and 
Brilliant. She looked so incredibly excited to be on stage with him. It was yeah. the cutest thing I've ever seen. It was so sweet because we all felt it, right? We were like, yeah. I know, you're on stage with him. But now we know the sign uh, signs for various really interesting biology, zoology things. So yes. ovum is a brilliant sign. Uh, tiger is probably my favourite. Yeah. Um, what was your favourite one? Ooh. My, my favourite was, I already knew museum which is basically kind of an M shape. But my favourites were diversity. That was a lovely one. Which is a hand flutter to the yeah. side. And then uh, specimens, which is just someone plucking loads of little things and putting them into boxes. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, that's the best sign for specimen. Really Thank good. you so much to Natalie for talking to us. Um, and it was really lovely to catch up with And Kirsty and Christina, of course, beforehand. It was really lovely to catch up with Christina. It's really nice. Yeah, she's a really nice day out. Happy days all round. Now I feel really relaxed and I've got to drive for 100 miles or so. Maybe you should have got you something caffeinated. <laughs> Orangina's is not, not caffeinated. caffeinated. <laughs> Everyone got through that, possibly aided by 
on the, the quality of the nibble because I don't find that crisps is a very good nibble because you take a handful and then you've got to cut up a handful of crisps yeah, in your hand whilst yeah. you eat and then whilst yeah. you eat on top of you. Oh my god, the sun is amazing! It's huge and it's in my eyes and it's a bit dangerous. <laughs> uh, it's bright gold. I feel like um, at opening events, nipples can be strategically deployed on tables. Like, you know, the tall kind of barista tables. Yes. Are quite small. So yes. people kind of can't hang, hang out too much. But it's like used as a strategic point of snackage. Uh, so people can praise. Yes. I've seen that done quite well. That's quite good. Because yeah. then people don't have to like go around with loads of crisps in their hands. It's very awkward. Still, we still have to have loads of these little snacking stations yeah. though. So that people can feel like they actually there's some room yeah. to go. Nowadays on hard stand cupcakes yes. because I want all of the icing. 
thing ever. But they, let's face it, they are so tall, there is no way to eat them. Like, yeah, you can't get them to your mouth. Like, what, what, which angle am I supposed to get it at? And that's just terrible. And I, I don't know. want important people to look at me when I do that. And sometimes there's biscuits poked into the icing, and yeah. then do you eat those first? I would always eat those first. Yes, obviously, because you need to disarm it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the day after we're all right are we we're okay we're a bit tired yeah a little bit tired a little bit so i just thought i'd do some quick comments questions and corrections just because we had a few so in the funding episode we asked people to tell us if they knew of more funding bodies and uh jane gave a shout out to the national manuscripts conservation trust uh, in terms of places to fund conservation and Tracy wrote in and uh, said that she wanted to uh, mention two organisations which fund conservators' training and placements. The York Consortium for Conservation and Craftsmanship and the Queen Elizabeth Scholarship Trust. Uh, so those are also ones that you can seek out if you need funding for things. Uh, she says they're both very supportive, fabulous, supportive organisations. And she says she's been a lucky recipient of grants from both. So well worth a go, people. And as another fun little thing, basically, at a recent clear out, uh, we found <laughs> that we had a large amount of museums journals from from a very long time ago. And as we were trying to rationalise our space, that means that we've gotten rid of the bulk of them. But I've saved a couple 
and we've had That's a little look exciting. through. Oh, these are fabulous vintage finds. They really are. So they're from the like. Find. I feel like they're from 1929 up to. What's the latest one we've got? Uh, 1955, I think. That's oh, just yeah. Kind of a quick. 23. Oh, is the nice. 23. 23 okay. is the earliest we've got. That's fabulous. 29. Well, basically. And 52 is the most recent. Excellent. Basically, I sampled a few. And uh, yeah, they are most fabulous pieces of their time, right? Yeah. So yeah, we've absolutely. had a bit of a rifle through them. Time capsules. And uh, we found a couple of funny things from them that we just kind of wanted to share. Or funny or interesting. Chloe, what have you found? What shall we start with? So we've got... I really liked technical notes on air conditioning. Oh. Because it's from February 1935. Oh, my God. Um, and... Obviously, people have been controlling their environments for a really long time, but I didn't really realise how early it was a thing. Um, So humidity control, it's called. And basically, it's a little advert for a type of air conditioning system. The ideal humidities, as previously wanted, people wanted it to be 35 to 90% humidity, and then describes recent work that says it shouldn't fall below 55 uh let's see the range was formerly 35 to 90 percent and in undertaking the problem of the office of works promised that the relative humidity would not in future fall appreciably below 55 percent and that short of providing a refrigerating plant every effort should be made to keep it below 75 percent oh my it's a little yeah i feel like this technical note could really benefit from some graphs or something but yeah it's, it's just kind of just a block of text yeah. um, i really enjoy the adverts as well that you find again in the front yeah. and the back of them because they're like oh pristine display cases yeah showcases, showcases of distinction, distinction. <laughs> and it has a mummy like a mummy and a mummy case in it i yeah i find these so entertaining i've taken a couple yeah. of photos and i think i'm going to put them on twitter as some sort of amazing throwback thursday yeah. thing because they are astonishingly entertaining some of them Oh man! So I really like this because I was I was looking. Uh, one of the things I was looking for when I was looking through them was job adverts, and there are a few. But I I could also come across something I didn't expect, which is people advertising themselves for jobs. Oh, do um, they? That's so, fabulous. For example, I like that people um, ask for objects. Like there are very amusing little adverts in these where it's like, yeah, exactly. hello, I would please like this. Exactly. One of them, uh, yes, here it is. Oxford graduate will accept any, in capital letters, position in museum, brackets, natural history. Um, and then it describes um, this person's experience. Continental experience, personal exhibits, modelling, taxidermy, herbarium available, etc., there's also a museum post wanted by ex-public school boy, Cheltenham College, school certificate credit in science, uh, age 18 and a half, Aww. representative selection of own entomo- entomological work, etc. Oh, so sweet. And this one I, I like feel like is, I feel like this has not changed graduate work except not, any position. Really, exactly, that's why I thought, that's why I like it Aww. so much. I quite like this one, which is wanted. Position as helper in small museum or assistant in larger or historical building. Um, well versed in antiquities and archaeology, middle age, at liberty. 
That's adorable. So I liked that. I really one. hope those people got jobs. I know, I know. I hope they did eventually. Um, museum work has always been hard. Yeah. Um, what else do we have? Let's see if we can find some job adverts. Oh, fair. Uh, ah, this is a nice one. So this one is... Um, Which year is this from? Archaeology. This is from July 1931. Oh, this is an advert for um, a keeper of archaeology. City of Liverpool, public museums um, are advertising for an appointment of keeper of archaeology. Um, the salary, salary will be a rate of £300 per annum, increased by annual increments of £25 to £400 per annum. The person appointed will be subject to standing orders of the city council, etc, etc. What else do we have? Applications stating age, experience and qualifications together with copies of not more than three recent testimonials. Which, I mean, it seems pretty similar, to be honest. The only thing that isn't similar is another set and there's a number... Just just for context, just for context, £300 per year in 1931 is equivalent to a salary of £18,630 in today's money. We're marginally better paid, (laughs) but not much. (laughs) Yeah... Okay, so this is 1952 you've got now. <laughs> 1952. There have been other examples, but um, the job adverts in this particular edition, which is um, October 1952, volume 52, number 7, the Museums Association Journal, there are two, and seeing as there are only four um, adverts, two of them request specifically male applicants. Oh, <laughs> I know. Did you find the one that had a different salary rate for men and women? No, I didn't find it. Which one was that one in? Oh, it might be one of the loose ones that we oh. can look through shortly. It might be. I love that there's an original order form here for the conservation of antiquities and works of art by Plenderly. It's beautiful. Uh, it's very orange. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's the most astonishing thing. And basically, you just send that off and you can have a copy, which is so marvelous. That's lovely. I uh, love paper ephemera. Find... Not enough to be a paper conservator, <laughs> but I yeah, love yeah, paper yeah, ephemera. I love, I love paper conservation. Absolutely love it. Oh, yes, this is, this is the one. So this is from the Museum's Journal, 1957, February. A late advertisement supplement. Appointment vacant, William Morris Gallery. Okay, appointment of art gallery assistant. Applications are invited for the appointment of art gallery assistant at the William Morris Gallery. Collections are devoted to the work of William Morris and 19th century artists. Candidates should possess a good knowledge of art history and have ability for general art gallery work. Salary, clerical division grade one. Men, 533 to 594 pounds. Women, 473 <laughs> to 594 pounds. Thanks. Plus London waiting. Ooh. Oh. I that just, makes me really annoyed. I just... that's. I know it's the 50s, right? But the attitude's still there. <laughs> the attitude's still there. And I'm going to check how much money this is because it entertains me. Right, so... So for the men at the lowest pay grade... So for men, that will be... £12,685 per year. So that's not an amazing salary, let's be fair. But it is an assistant. And for women, that drops drastically to £11,257 per year. So, uh, yeah, apparently women are worth less. Thanks, guys. (laughs) 
did we find any other amusing things or is that I think that's I think that's that's the, the bulk of it I yeah the selection of varied yeah. things I'm gonna post some of these on Twitter as throwback Thursdays because these entertain me so so much they're excellent they really are but yes and the advertisements are terrific they are so wonderfully done. <laughs> one last thing uh shout out to our new patrons uh that will be megan and anthe welcome both of you uh thank you so much for joining us as our patrons and if you would like to support us on patreon you can go to patreon.com slash the c word and subscribe to us um basically that means that you help support the show and can keep us going which is you know awesome you know that's something we'll want and also you get some nice bonus materials like longer episodes and depending on how much you pledge you might get you know a merch kit you know nice things it's nice things trust me um anyway thank you so much and welcome to our new patrons Woo-hoo! thanks for listening with the c word and you've been listening to chloe Ramsey and me jenna mathiason Oh my god, it's the last episode of the season. I can't believe it's the last episode of season three. Yeah. What happened? Thanks for staying with us through season three, guys. Thank you so much. Basically, we are back in the autumn. I do think it's September we said we'd start again with season four. It is. So, um, yeah, until then, uh, you can check out our website at theseaword.show, tweet us at theseawordpodcast, or simply email us on theseawordpodcast at gmail.com. intro and outro music is Spring Buddy the Music used under Creative Commons Attribution License This has been a Wooden Dice production Have a good summer Bye.